This is the Jocko Underground Podcast number 10 with Echo Charles and me, Jocko Willink. Good evening, Echo. Good evening. <laughs> All right, so today we have some Q&A, some Q&A, some questions that are specifically from members of the Jocko Underground that are on board for the big win. <laughs> and part of the reason we set up the JockoUnderground.com was so that we could hone down the number of people that submit questions and get to more of them. So that's what we're doing here. So Echo Charles, what do we got? Let's get to it. First question. <clears throat> All right, so loneliness on the path, right? Um, I'm not sure if we should say their names. So as of right now, we're not gonna. Yeah, I would say do not say their names just in case. That's privacy. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Okay, how do you Maybe do? Maybe like a first name possibly. Possible. Yeah, we'll sort it. Lately, I've been calling all example people either Fred or Bill. Okay, yeah, Bill. That's mm-hmm. that. Yeah, that's a guy for sure. Okay, what, Fred's you, not a guy. For, well, I have not heard you use Fred in the past. Really, I oh. use Fred. Well, I guess it's mostly Maybe. on EF online, and when I'm talking to clients, if I've got to talk about Fred over here, yeah, yeah, I know Bill for sure. Bill definitely. Maybe I mean it's vaguely ringing a bell. How about that? All right, we'll go with it. So, what's it, what's Fred's question here, or Bill's? Okay, how do you deal with loneliness on the path? And yes, I do grappling. I'm a metal in a metalcore band. I have a girlfriend and enough friends, but no one of my no one of my peers is getting after it, or none of my peers are getting after it because no one wants to be uncomfortable and not even close. Mm. So it's lonely. Well, it sounds like somebody might be a little bit uncomfortable. Being alone on the path, <laughs> right? That's basically what's going on here. Mm-hmm. And look, it, that's that's a funny way to look at it. Legitimately, you've got someone that's saying, "Hey, I'm alone, and I don't like it. I want other people to be on path with me. Oh, they, yeah. They're they're not here because they're uncomfortable. They don't like being uncomfortable. You're uncomfortable, and you don't like it either. That's why you're begging for other people to join the path with you. So I got news for you. The path is lonely." <laughs> That's the, those are the facts. And the higher you get up the mountain, the less people there are. The higher you climb, the less people there's going to be up there with you. So what are you going to do? Are you going to are you going to complain about it? Is it does it make you uncomfortable? You're going to climb back down the math, mountain. You're going to get off the path. So I think what you have to do is, and I, I know what I do, is you kind of lower your expectations of other humans. And when I say that, I'm not talking about doing that in an I'm superior kind of way, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, but you, you, because you gotta, you gotta recognize that what's important to, to me might not be as important to other people for whatever reason. And we do have to be careful of that. We do, we do have to be careful. It's very, it's very easy to be like on the path and think that because you're on the path, you're better than everybody else. Yeah. It's real easy to have that happen. Because yeah. our ego, in our ego, we think no one else is getting after it like I am. Right? Especially yeah. if you're in a metalcore band, you might actually <laughs> say that. Yeah. They're all weak. Yeah. Well, you know what? They're living their lives. They're living their lives. And so what are you going to do? I say you show people the path. You, you show people the path by example, not by imposing it on them, but by just letting them see the example. I remember I got asked this question in Australia, at the muster in Australia, and there was a, a female that said, hey, you know, very similar. Look, I do meal prep, I eat my chicken breast uh-huh. and broccoli, I work out in the morning every day, I work out during lunch, and I look around my office and the other people are eating pizza and donuts and they're not working out. You know, and it's, they're just not on board. Mm-hmm. And what, what do I need to do to get them on board? And I kind of explained the whole story that I explained in Leadership Strategy and Tactics when I was in my first platoon and I was Mr. Hardcore, right? Mm-hmm. I was running with my boots on and my rucksack and yeah. all that stuff. And I realized that I was actually, I was actually ostracizing myself from my own platoon, which is the worst possible thing you could do. When you're in a platoon, you're supposed to be in the platoon. Mm -hmm. That's what's supposed to be going on. So I realized, oh, I'm making a mistake by not conforming 
to what they're doing, they I'm not part of the team. And when you're not part of the team, you don't have any influence. So bowing up your chest and walking around and going, oh, I'm hardcore, is not a good way to influence people. If you treat people with respect and you're cool with them and you find some common ground and then you get after it and they look at you and say, wow, that that person seems to be getting after it and that looks pretty cool. Because let's face it, deep down inside, do people want to be better or worse? Better. Do people want to be weaker or stronger? Stronger. Do people want to be faster or slower? Mm. So when they see someone... Do people want to be disciplined or do they want to lack discipline? They want to be disciplined. They want to be disciplined. Yeah. So you're already offering something and showing them something that everybody wants. Everybody wants. So now if you slap them with it, mm-hmm. they're going to be offended and they will act like they don't want it. This guy's stupid. Oh, he's a meathead. Yeah. Right? Whatever. Don't you, don't you have a life? Get a life, right? All those things. Oh, people yeah. say those things. Yeah. So we don't want to do that. We want to we wanna build relationships. We want to, look, is there a chance that you are the most hardcore individual in your immediate area of operations? Is that a possibility? Sure, it's a possibility. I guarantee there's someone getting after it harder than you, though. Someone is, right? Someone is. So there's different levels. And if the only person you're going to want to hang around with is at your level or above, you're not going to have a lot of friends. And... What's worse than that, you're, if you don't have a lot of friends, you don't, you're not influencing anyone to move in the right direction. So build some relationships, make friends with people, show them the path, don't push them onto the path, don't, don't handcuff them yeah. and put a bag over their head and march them down the path involuntarily because they'll hate it and the next chance they get, they're gonna stab you in the neck. <laughs> so be a leader, lead by example, Show people the path. Stay on the path yourself. And you also, good exercise here, get comfortable with being alone. Do you think that, um, well, first off, like that that feeling of superiority. Yeah, like, bro, that, that's so natural. Oh, yeah. Though, yeah, yeah. you know, but so good advice to be like, hey, watch out for this because it's going to come in hot immediately it's gonna too, come, yep, by it's the way. It's going to be in your head. Yeah. It's going to be in your head. Look, where what 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 you pick an ecosystem Oh, I'm you know I work out every day. Yeah. Everyone that doesn't work out is weak. Oh, yeah. I'm in uh, I'm in this particular good university. I'm smarter than every year. Everyone else is stupid. Mm-hmm. I'm oh I'm I'm uh, I follow this religion to the T, and everyone I'm more virtuous than everyone else. Yeah, people that's how people think. They well yeah. not everyone, but it's very easy to slip into that mode yeah. of thinking, especially because of the reason that we're talking about right now. It's lonely. So when you're lonely, you get a little bit spiteful. You start looking down at people. That's what's happening to to, to my brother here. He's getting a little bit spiteful. Yeah. Don't do that. Yeah, you can tell when he's like not even close. Not even close. Yeah. All caps. All exclamation caps, point. Exclamation point. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. That's saying something. The um, even when you first start doing some improvement, you know, like you just first start. I don't know. You first stop drinking, and you first. Start like I don't know some working out, doing working jiu-jitsu. out, doing jujitsu or something. Yeah, dude. What happens when someone starts doing jujitsu? Like if they get the bug, all of a sudden anyone that doesn't do jujitsu is just like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. know? Yeah. It, and it's weird how quick it comes in. Yeah. But let's face it. Yeah. I mean, it's really it's nothing really. Um, do you think that? And I, I must. I think I forget if you talked about this or not. But okay, so you know how like this guy Fred. He's like into a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. Grappling, he's in a band. All good stuff, dude. You know, yeah. Metal core, grappling, you know. We're and, all good with this. And these Working things are all like provide an element of social like yep. interaction. I mean, as far as I know, whatever. Um, so, but no one's doing all of them kind of thing, mm-hmm. you know. So that's going to be super rare. Someone's going to be into literally all the things you are into, you know, kind of thing. I don't and, know. I, I don't think it's that rare. I think these things are are normal to be in all of them he's only actually into two things grappling and a metalcore band, metalcore band. that's it yeah i, I mean go to any jujitsu gym and you'll find at least three people that are listening to the music you like but are they in the band though no they might not be in the band i don't know but either way so the point is where if you're going hardcore in all these directions, it's it's gonna st- it becomes a little bit more and more rare where you're gonna get someone who's mm-hmm. gonna be going just as hardcore yeah. in just as many directions. Yeah, because you might have somebody that's way into jujitsu and bowling. 
Right, exactly right. <laughs> and they're looking at you like, what, you don't bowl? Do you know how much concentration it takes? Yeah, yeah. You know, and you know how much good yeah. good um, precision you, you you need to bring out on the lanes? <laughs> true. Right? Well, what's oh, wrong yeah. with you? Oh, yeah. You're pathetic. You don't bowl? But Yeah, You're yeah it's out. true. It's true. But do you do you think that you, that can be actually a benefit because you have like a um, like so many if you kind of be conscious of it and in for lack of a better Wait, term what like can be a benefit to have so many potential friends and then you know how you oh, have yeah, yeah. military friends you have yeah. jujitsu friends yeah. you have that's you know, it <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're gonna go down no, the list don't you have like band because oh you, yeah, you play right. yep. that kind of stuff yeah the band yeah and then you got archery stuff or oh, whatever right. you know like okay. in the in those activities right. you start to make different yeah. friends and i don't look at my archery friends and think you don't do jujitsu you're not getting after it right or look at my jujitsu friends like well you're good at jujitsu but i do archery right exactly or yeah. you do you do jujitsu but i can play guitar or whatever Right? right, we're not doing that. Yeah, exactly right. So you gotta, but if you kind of think through it, I'm not super it, worried about like other people, right? If you do jujitsu, that's awesome, man. That's cool. Yeah. I'm not mad that you don't play guitar, which you don't. Yeah, which is sort of pathetic. And, <laughs> and maybe even drifting a little bit away from the the feelings of superiority and just more into the feelings of loneliness, right? As far as like okay. what, what I'm talking about, because that's the question. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's kind of like, especially when he says, I have enough friends. That means he has some legitimate friends, mm -hmm. but they probably don't do all these things with him. Yeah. They're just sort of his friends that he has to kind of leave to go get, you know, get yeah. after it or whatever. But <laughs> how many people can be having your band, bro? <laughs> you know, you got maybe you got a vocalist, you got a drummer, you got a bassist, you got two guitarists. That's five people. Yeah. Maybe what you bring a, a if you're. I mean, it's a metalcore band. So what are you going to be yeah. another bassist? But what I'm saying is like, what if the people in his band aren't like his actual like circle of friends necessarily? Okay. That's sort of just the people. He likes them and knows them. I'm just saying realistically, this is this seems like a high probability. Seems so what's, like. what's your point in all this that you're, you're trying to make? Be to conscious that you can form relationships through these individual activities, but they won't don't expect them to necessarily go on the whole path with you. There'll be a limited know? overlap. Yeah, on exactly the Venn right. Diagram. But 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 capitalize on that. Not like for yeah. selfish reason, but I mean, obviously for lonely. Then again, like how you said, being lonely is uncomfortable. So that should be another strength that you have to kind of develop. Kind of right? work on. Yeah. But at the same I'm time. I'm weird because I don't mind being around people and I just being, I, I'll be alone and not even think twice about it. I'll go to a restaurant and eat by myself and not even think for one second that yeah. it's anything abnormal. Yeah. And that's a, that's a good um, quality to have. I think or beneficial. Are you the I same think way? So too. I'm probably not as much as you, but yeah, I'll go. Hey, oh yeah, go eat at a restaurant or whatever. I go to, like last time I went up to Big Bear straight up by myself the whole time. Oh really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, but lonely, wasn't it? At the, <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of nice to be honest. With you. The but no, if you're conscious of it and be like, hey, like I'm gonna, because let's face it, even when you go to jujitsu. And you see all your friends, you talk afterwards, it's kind of you go home and you feel like happier. Of course. Yeah, it's like, so it's not, yeah. not a thing, you yeah. know, it's a thing. But just because some of them didn't do squats in the morning doesn't mean we look down on them either. No, right, right. Again, you know? like, no, yeah, again, it's more like the loneliness thing. So if you go in and you say, okay, here's my f circle of friends. They don't do jujitsu. They don't do, they're not in my band. Um, now I have to leave my friends, and this is just a mental thing. I got to leave my friends to go do jujitsu with jujitsu people mm -hmm. who I don't consider my circle of friends. Oh, so you're I'm saying, saying make more friends, make more friends, cool. exactly right. But then, just like how you said, don't don't impose that expectation on them. Where it's like, hey, my new jujitsu friends, like, hey, let's go do squats, and they're yeah. like, oh well, you know, we're just yeah. we're, I was gonna go skateboarding, whatever, mm -hmm. and be like, oh, you're weak, yeah, like yeah. I don't want to be your friend, almost kind of thing. Check, pretty straightforward. Yeah, different activities can offer more friends if that's what you're looking for for loneliness or yeah. get over your loneliness yeah because i always look Sit at jujitsu <laughs> just love it huh? yeah uh because jujitsu man it's a very social activity yeah that's like a cure for loneliness a lot of the time yeah yeah. All right. Dude, Next you like that question. I couldn't hold you back. You were just going and going. Well, because I do think about it now that like. Now we, that you're lonely. <laughs> 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 no, bro. I have you. Thank you, by the way. No, like when you don't, when you're used to going to jujitsu three, four times a week mm -hmm. and then you're going to zero. Oh. Like, I'm going to be honest. You can kind of feel it as far as this loneliness goes. Yeah. Well, that's just all kinds of desperation in your head if you're just 
I'm not saying it debilitates you. I'm saying you feel the difference. You yeah. see what I'm saying? And then you go and you see everybody. You're like, Yay. oh, man, it's a thing. Yep. It's a thing. For we, real. we love the jujitsu. Yes, sir. All right, what do we got? In the British Army, mm-hmm. there has been a rise in right-wing views and support to the point where soldiers are being counseled and in a few cases sacked for their views. That's fired. I will translate that from British. Sacked, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, as service members, when in uniform, we're supposed to be politically neutral. Is it impossible to maintain this position in today's climate? Okay, so good question. And first of all, in well, speaking of the American military, this idea that you can be an extremist of any kind is not okay. <laughs> You're not allowed to. The, 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 according to the Pentagon, military personnel must reject participation in organizations that espouse supremacist causes, attempt to create illegal discrimination based on race, creed, color, sex, religion, or national origin, advocate the use of force or violence, or otherwise engage in efforts to deprive individuals of their civil rights. So that's a very comprehensive list. That means you can't be in any, basically in any kind of gang, because you know, you, you're not allowed to use force or violence, that's what gangs do. You're not allowed to, the one that's really a catch-all is deprive individuals of their civil rights. You know what that means? You committing crimes against anyone. So if you're part of a criminal gang, you're not allowed to be part of a criminal gang, and you're not allowed to be part of any kind of a supremacist organization. And you're not allowed to do that in the American military, and I'm sure it's the same in the British military. And guess what? Yeah, good. (laughs) We don't want people in the military that we have to serve with that are criminals or associated with criminal gangs or they're extremists or they're racists. So, good. Right on. Now, it might just be the wording of your question and... I, I'm assuming that what you're talking about is more along the lines of sort of the cancel culture type situation that is going on in, in the world. And in some cases, people are being counseled or fired for things that are not wrong. And then that's different. So if, you know, the way the question is worded is like, oh, there's been a rise of right wing views. And and if that's if it's right wing views, okay. But if it's right wing extremist views or racist views, it's like okay. Well, yeah, you're not allowed to be in the military. Mm. You have the right to have those views, but you don't have the right to be in the military. Now, if it's like oh, you have some conservative views, and now people are getting counseled for it, and that's what we're talking about. Yeah, okay, I get it. Or if you're a super liberal person and you have some beliefs that are a little a little bit outside what's normal and you're getting counseled for it, well, yeah, that's wrong. Now, most of the, I would say most of the cancel culture right now is aimed at conservative people. So this is what's happening not just in the military but in the whole world right now. And, he, and here's the thing. I just did an, an unraveling podcast about well, it's not directly about this, but it's about a, a an event that is reflective, I would say. So Daryl Cooper and I just did a, a podcast about the witch hunts in Salem, Massachusetts. And it's, it's not, I don't think it's out yet. He's still editing, but there's also witch hunts throughout history. And they, many of them have the same kind of, it's a, it's a similar arc of the story. So here's what happened in Salem. I mean, just you can listen to that podcast when it comes out, but the, the witch hunts in Salem were started by two gr- little girls, one that was nine and one that was 12. And what they figured out is they could get people in serious trouble by accusing them of being witches, by, by accusing them of bewitching so they would they would act crazy and scream and yell and th- throw stuff around the room and then point at someone and say that person possessed me. Mm-hmm. And actually the first person that they did it to was was a slave that they had this this woman named I think her name was Tituba. And they blamed her for their actions. And so she gets accused as a witch and and the little girls are like 
who knows what they expected, but then all of a sudden they see that they have, what do they have? They have powerless little nine-year-old and 12-year-old girl, all of a sudden they have power. And then what happens? So it starts to expand, they start accusing other people, and by the way, and again, you can compare this to cancel culture, if you defend a witch, what are you? Witch You're a witch too. (laughs) You're a witch, no, you're a witch. Straight up. Yeah, you're a witch. So then it spreads, and then what happens is that the only way to be safe from being accused as a witch, do you know how do you defend yourself? I have no idea. Accuse other people of being a witch. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. You can see where, you see where this is going? Yeah. This is, this is where the term witch hunt oh, comes from. Gotcha. So this, this runs wild, and it becomes a mob mentality, and that's what happened in Salem. And, and hundreds of people were imprisoned. 20 people were executed. Executed because of a nine-year-old and a 12-year-old. And actually, what's what's crazy is other little girls got in on the act. Mm. Other little girls got in on the act. And this is what you have to remember about mobs. Mobs are very destructive, but they end up destroying themselves. Mm. So they're like this, this burning fire that they, they will burn themselves out. And that's what happened in Salem. The the accusations kept going. And eventually they started accusing people that were either of a little bit more of more uh, social power. Because let, let's face it, when they accused Tituba the slave, no one really cared, right? But then they started accusing non-slaves and then they started accusing, they went up the social hierarchy. And eventually they got to a point where they were accusing people and they said, hey, we're not listening to you. So they literally just started, oh, shut up. Like we're, they started ignoring the girls and the girls now that they weren't getting the attention anymore, guess what they did? They stopped doing it. They stopped doing it. And then everything settled down and that was it. And it was kind of, it just kind of ended. It just kind of happened and ended. Now it's scary because there was some serious damage. You know, people were executed but it ran its course and that was that. Now, I would love to give you some advice, some you know, super hyper aggressive advice about stand your ground and you gotta do this. But look, there's a mob happening. There's a mob happening. And when there's a mob happening, the, you, you have to recognize and understand that the mob is going to destroy itself. If you get wrapped up in the mob, you're, you could get destroyed too. So stay away from the mob. Look, it's already happening right now because there's people people that are getting canceled that two months ago were trying to cancel other people. It's starting to eat itself. Mm, you know, you hear the, the, the purity test. You know, no one's gonna pass the purity test. Mm. And the, the reason that ties in, the reason I thought of that is because the, this was in the Salem witch hunt, it was the Puritans. Mm. That's, that's who conducted it, these religious people that, and, and they were trying to be as pure as possible. They tried to purify the, the Catholic Church. But this purity test that basically no one can pass. And they just keep making that purity test stricter and stricter and stricter until it is meaningless because mm-hmm. no one can pass it. Mm-hmm. So here's my advice. So here's my advice. My advice is, and I know this might come as a big shock, my advice is be professional. My advice is do a good job. My advice is be smart in how you communicate with people. My advice is listen more than you talk. My advice is to build influence. Build influence inside the military, both in rank and in reputation, because they're equally powerful, so that you can eventually help move things back to a state of normality. Because if you decide right now is the time that you are going to make a stand when the mob is going crazy, doesn't matter if you're right or wrong. I, I and that that people have trouble with that. People have trouble with that. Hey, it doesn't matter if you're right. It's the same same thing I'll talk to uh, leaders about. And Echo comes to me with a suggestion, or he comes to me with a yeah. You come to me with a suggestion, and your suggestion's wrong, and I prove you wrong. Mm. Did that help my leadership cause? No doesn't help it doesn't help me build a relationship it doesn't help you you want to work more and do more and be more successful it doesn't help any of those things mm-hmm. it actually hurts so you know if you're you're talking to your spouse talking to your wife talking to your husband and you prove them wrong is that a win 
In my experience, no. It's not a win. So if you attempt to prove yourself and you have the truth on your side, it's, hey, what about all these arguments people get in, they start spitting the facts at someone. Oh, yeah, hell yeah. Does that win them the argument? No. No, it doesn't win them. Hey, you know what? Hey, oh, let me take that back. It might yeah, win them win the, the argument, argument yeah. but it doesn't change the other person's mind. Right. So when you have a mob going crazy, you're not going to change an entire group of people's minds with your facts and figures mm. and truth and being right. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. It's like having jujitsu against a mob of people that are attacking you. Mm. And I think there's a question about that <laughs> later, but, but it's not going to work. You're going to get bogged down. Mm. You're going to get overwhelmed and you're going to get crushed. So instead, like I said, be professional, do a good job, be smart in how you communicate with people, let the mob burn itself out, and then you can carry on. <clears throat> yeah, a lot of times when people are, are so, so bent on expressing themselves in an unprofessional or in a professional setting, mm-hmm. you know, I, I feel like that can kind of get you in trouble. Like a lot of unnecessary um like expressing of yourself can can jam you up i think it's like walking through a bar with your chest bowed out bumping into people yeah you, you feel like hey I'm, I'm making my path letting known that i'm here cool you're also going to get sucker punched <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know someone's yeah. going to break a bottle over your head yeah how you like me now yeah yeah and political views let's face it that's a hot button scenario yeah and what are the chances that if you if you're um Let's say you're an extreme right-wing person and I'm an extreme left-wing person mm-hmm. and you present me your right-wing viewpoint mm-hmm. and then I assault you with the facts about right-wing authoritarianism. Am I going to change your mind in a five-minute argument? No. Am I going to change your mind on Twitter? No, sir. No. Not. In fact, the best way for me to actually change your mind is to say, hey, man, t- talk to me about that. I, let, me, let me understand your views. Why, why do you think that's the most effective way? Mm-hmm. And I actually listen to what you have to say. And I see what the strengths and weaknesses of your ideas are. And then maybe, maybe I present some questions to you about why this, you know, how has this worked out in the past and what benefits does it have? And is there any areas that you think that could be changed that could be better? And we actually have a conversation. Now, look, am I going to change your views 180 degrees? No. But guess what? I might change them four degrees today. I might change them seven degrees tomorrow. I might change a degree and a half the next day, and over the course of building a relationship with you and talking and communicating, we might actually get to a point where your views have changed a little bit. Yep, yep, it's true. It's a campaign. It's a campaign, and I'll add something to that, which I think is is important. It might go without saying. Um, it actually probably does go without saying, but focus on being a good person. So even outside of your views. So you know how, like, let's say, two political sides people we'll say two people have two political sides and you know they're looking at the person just looking for some flaw some mm. un something they did that's unfair or, or whatever it's something that something else outside of the political thing that they can disagree with so they kind of have that 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 stronger kind of position against them but every once in a while like you let's say if you hold this like position about something and you kind of maybe you don't like the other side of some idea or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then that person is like, hey, that I kind of like that guy. He's kind of cool to me. He doesn't attack me. He doesn't whatever. He's kind of, quote, unquote, one of the good ones kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. So if you can kind of present that, present yourself as, quote, unquote, sure, you're, you're on a different side of the issue, but you're one of the good ones. That's how you can change their mind. Because the more people who are one of the good ones, now you got two of the good ones, now you got a bunch of the good ones. You're like, oh, maybe they're actually not that bad. Maybe they might have a point. They can start listening a lot more. Yep. That's like you said, it's a similar concept to what I just said. It's it's we're gonna build relationships, we're yeah. gonna we're gonna understand, we're gonna find some common ground, and hopefully that's how you are much more apt to change someone's mind via those methodologies than I'm gonna p- punch you in the face with facts. Yeah, exactly. And figures. It literally is the exact same thing as that you're saying, yep. except just Keep in mind there's a game outside of just the political back and forth. It's, yep. It goes with just as a human being. Got you know? it. Got it. Yeah you, yeah, you don't need to build relationships around political viewpoints. You can build yeah. relationships around, oh, you train jujitsu? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, me too. Yeah, right on. Oh, you, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, right. oh, who's your favorite fighter? Right, cool. Right. And then eventually I find out that you're like an extreme right-wing person. But guess what? 
why do you have those views? Well, you know, I th- I just think, you know, you guys, people should have individual freedom. Yeah. And I go, okay, well, don't you think that people could use help sometimes? Yeah, sometimes. Okay, well, there right. you go. We just found a little common ground. Yeah, yeah. Instead of like, what? You're what? Yeah. You're exactly. right. With our, our. All right, what do you get next? I run into problems when communicating with a group of people that consists of dramatically different personalities. Situations like these leave me feeling stuck between a rock and a hard place because the communication style that works for one team member will be perceived as negative to others. Okay, this is part of being a leader. Every team has a bunch of different personalities on that team, a bunch of different motivations, a bunch of different egos, a bunch of different agendas, a bunch of different temperaments. So so we're dealing with this all the time as leader. This is this is this is this is just being a leader. And what you have to figure out how to do is you have to basically deliver the key points of a plan or of a mission or of a strategy to a whole, to the whole group in a in a broad enough way that it's suitable and acceptable for everyone so you need to communicate in a simple clear concise way in a, so that everyone kind of understands and gets the overall concept then what you have to do is you have to set up yourself so that you can have some conversations with some of the individuals or some of the smaller groups. And, and these conversations that you have are a little bit more suited to their attitude or a little bit, maybe maybe address some of their more nuanced concerns. So, so if we're on deployment and we're planning to do a mission for the 12th night in a row, and, and some guys are getting burned out or worn out so so i know that right i know i can see like some of the guys maybe i've even heard some grumblings and now i've got to go present to the fact that we're doing another mission what am i going to do how am i going to do it are, are those do those guys want to admit in front of everyone that they're tired and that they're worn out no they don't want to admit that so this is actually a perfect sort of setup mm-hmm. no one wants to admit hey i'm too tired eventually they will but no one wants to admit that right now so what do i do do I say, hey, we're doing a mission tonight. I don't care how you guys feel. No. Because that, that would be that would be catering to the hardcore guys, right? Mm-hmm. We're not just going to cater to the hardcore guys. Hey, we're doing a mission tonight. doesn't matter if you're tired or not. we got a job to do, right? Yeah. We don't want to cater the, to the hardcore guys. We're also not going to cater to the guys that are tired and worn out where we present them as victims. And Hey, guys, I know a lot of you are really hurting, but we still have an operation that we have to do tonight. I apologize. Like, we're not doing that either. Mm-hmm. What we're going to do is we're going to present the case and we're going to present the mission in a simple, clear, concise way. Hey, listen up, gents. Here's what's going on. We got this target package. It looks like it's an executable target for tonight. I know we've been busy, but we're going to get our gear and we're going to we're going to plan and come up with a plan and we're going to execute this thing. Okay, that's what I'm talking to the whole group. Mm-hmm. Kind of hard to. It's very it's very down the middle, right? It's mm-hmm. landing on that like thin little airstrip, yeah. and now, you know, I get done and I I. You know, we start the mission planning, and I talk to one of the guys, and he's kind of standing outside the platoon hut. And I go, "Hey, man, you know, I know you guys. Look, hey, man, I know everyone's getting tired, you know, and um, I just want to say I know that. But hey, here's the importance of this mission. This guy that we've been looking for for a while, we finally know where he's in is. And and listen, I'm looking at our other target packages, and we're gonna have some downtime after this. So." You know, if if anyone, if you start, if you know some guys are feeling a little bit of combat fatigue right now, let them know we're going to knock this one out. We're going to get some downtime in the next next four or five days. So you're just you're just kind of communicating. Keep the the signal to everyone. Land it right in the center of that without going too far to one side or the other, and then you 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 talk to the other troops now. In order to pull this off, what I just talked about, you have to have good relationships with the people. You, in order to communicate with other human beings effectively, you have to have some kind of relationships with them. Relationship, relationship, I said this on EF Online the other day, relationships are like the wires for communication. <clears throat> right? If you don't, if, like with a telephone, an old school telephone. Sure, landline. Old school telephone, landline. Hell yeah. 
landline telephone, if you don't have wires, there's, you can say it doesn't matter what you say, no one's listening. Mm. They can't hear it, it doesn't get there. If you have a good relationship, if you've, if you've built the transmission lines of relationships effectively, then that communication will get through and it will be better received. And, and I'll tell you, when you have a good relationship, you can modulate that signal better. You can adjust it. You can get right on the, the correct frequency to get through to Echo's head because Echo, I can see, doesn't want to do this mission tonight, but I know what to say to him to get him where he needs to be. Why? Because I, we have a relationship. So that's what we have to do. That's why, that's why communication as a leader is so important, not just communication, but how you communicate, what you say, how you say it, building those relationships so that you have the backbone of, of, of hardware to get the communication through to the other person. Yeah, I was talking about this the other day. Um, like, oftentimes with my guys, I would look at them. I would look at them, and they would know what to do. Mm. <laughs> like a look, maybe a nod, mm. maybe a maybe a head nod, or a shake my head, or a look. You know, like the look across, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Just a little glance, and guys would know what to do because mm. the relationship is there. Yeah, and that means during a meeting, when I'm talking to a group. I could also look at a guy and be like, give him a little look that lets him know, I know you're tired. I know it. Mm. Relationships. It seems like that it, you could see this kind of pattern, if you will. Like even if you're just cruising with your friends or whatever, like certain friends you can talk to certain ways and then others like, oh, they might, you know, maybe take things personal or they can't take a joke maybe as much, you know, and it kind of goes up and down. Mm. Kind of like, you know, you, you even like, you know, if you start talking to your girlfriend or wife the same way you talk to your friend, you know, Bad at move. some point, you know, yeah, you might uh, you might hear about it. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of the same concept, you know, where it's like, yeah, if you're communicating, you communicate, but then you kind of can modulate given like the person and the type of person they are. That's it. That's what we're doing. Makes sense. Message received by Echo Charles. Yep. Sure. Uh, what was both yours and Echo's biggest takeaway from this past year? I just finished my home gym and want a short quote to go on my wall that I can see every morning. Can I get one from you and one from Echo? Okay. So there's, uh, to me, there's two questions there. The first one is what is the biggest takeaway from this past year? And then also I want to quote. Um, biggest takeaway for me for the last year is that, and this is, this is so Echelon Front, work with a bunch of companies. Most of the companies that we work with are doing well. They want to do better. So they're oftentimes not in in extremist situations, right? Like company's doing good. They're making money. Mm-hmm. They're growing. Like those are the kind of companies we work with most of the time. Mm-hmm. So they, they work with us. They learn the laws of combat. They start taking ownership. They spread that culture and they start doing even better. So it's awesome. That's what we get to see. I get to see that all the time. Well, when COVID hit, all of a sudden, there was many of the companies that we worked with that were in extremist situations. Mm. And so what was awesome was after literally three days, five days, a week, two weeks, and up until now, we got feedback. Man, these laws of combat really work mm. because they got tested for the first. It'd be, oh, like, right. it'd be yeah. like you're learning jiu-jitsu, you're learning jiu-jitsu, you think it's cool, you think it's fun, and then yeah. somebody attacks you and you choke them, yeah. right? You're like, yeah. whoa, this stuff really works. Yeah, like- That's what I got from, from 2020 is the feedback that the stuff that we teach all the time, which we know it works, and occasionally, look, we'll have a company that'll have an emergency situation, they'll have, a, they'll have an incident happen, some, we, so they get to employ the laws of combat, but it'll happen It'll happen once a month. Once a month, we're working. You know, we're working with scores of companies, and once a month, something will happen where there'll be a serious issue, and they'll they'll and they'll use the laws of combat to work great, and they'll give us that feedback. But when COVID hit, seventy no, probably ninety percent of the companies that we work with had to do things, mm-hmm. had to enact the laws of combat to make things happen, mm-hmm. and. It was really their first time to use them in a real fight. Right, right. And they worked, so that was awesome. You can probably, so, so that's my, my takeaway from the past year. And you, if you live by the laws of combat and you utilize them all the time, they will work, they will make your life better, and when you really need them, they will be there for you. <laughs> and then obviously you can probably guess what my quote is for the, for the gym wall. Discipline equals freedom. Discipline. What do you got? 
Uh, I don't have a, a quote. Um, More bicep curls. Yeah, sure. <laughs> curls in the squat rack. How about that? <laughs> uh, yeah, the takeaway is kind of like the uh, preparation. Like, is, you know, how, what do they say you want to, when do you build a well? Like that, it's like something about building a well. You build a well before you're thirsty or something like that. It's a good idea, yeah. I like yeah. that. Yeah. So it's like one of those things where um, th- there was actually a, a blackout, like briefly. Mm-hmm. Right? Do you remember that? No, because I have a generator. It doesn't affect me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and, and thankfully, I, I'm a lot more squared away <laughs> when I was younger. Um, but we had, you know, we had the blackout or whatever, and for whatever reason, mm-hmm. I uh, I collect flashlights. I know it's an oddball kind of thing. Like how many do you have? Uh, a total? Yeah. Including the lamps? Because lights will say okay. lights. I don't know. 12? Okay, that's nothing. Yeah, okay. I was going to be impressed if you said 80. 80, yeah, no. No, it's the I kind mean, of- I got 12 flashlights in the drawer next to my bed, <laughs> so you're not even, you're, you don't collect nothing, right. dude. You're barely even in the game. Well, Those are amateur numbers. Okay, yes, sir. I understand. <laughs> the, I, I feel like it's more of like the idea that the reason I buy another flashlight is because, ooh, that one's cool, mm-hmm. you know, kind of a thing. So, yeah, my, my numbers aren't huge or nothing, yeah. but they're all charged. They're always all charged. So, if I see one and I press the button, it has a little thing, mm-hmm. and it's not charged, I'll charge it just as a habit or whatever okay. and then so when the blackout came the kids are running around they're the, the, the cool led ones that last like forever mm-hmm. so they're running around with the flashlights it was like a thing you know mm-hmm. like where it was like more fun than it was like oh we're, mm-hmm. we're in the blackout or whatever and so i, I got to thinking and was like hey that not okay the flashlight thing that's like a small incident you know because there, there's way bigger things that you need to be pre- prepared for but but it got me thinking how like what if it was a bigger situation and i lacked like some kind of key preparation or whatever Mm -hmm. and even though that's something you should always be thinking about um i don't or put it this way i'm not like the type of person to always be thinking about that but then that started kind of making me go down this rabbit hole of always thinking about that that kind of stuff cool so i fully like bought a huge generator like a real unnecessary one mm-hmm. too and just and it kind of like it's it's odd because when you kind of go down that path it kind of gets fun because you're like oh yeah like what if yep. in this situation i have you know yep. all this stuff but yeah so anyway the concept is like that preparation is key because you can see where all the places that you prepared for like on purpose or not all the places you prepared for and then it gets tested. You're like, I'm so glad I'm like prepared for that. Yep, no or factor. So, yeah. You know, and you can just keep rolling and then you can see the difference. And then you see someone who's who, someone who's like not prepared for it. It's like, man, you really see the difference. They're freaking out sometimes. <laughs> Check. Be prepared and discipline equals freedom. I like it. All right. What do you got? Jocko, when the ocean or the wilderness, what precautions when you in take, the ocean. Oh, yeah, it does say that, huh? Mm-hmm. When, when you're in the ocean or when you're in the wilderness, mm-hmm. what precautions do you take to avoid predators? <sighs> okay, in the ocean, I don't really take any precautions. Um, I, Man, the, the chances of getting an encounter in the ocean with wildlife, i.e. a freaking shark, Yeah is so small that I don't even think about it. That's do you good. think about it? No, well, you know. Well, you don't spend as much time as the ocean as, as I do. Not anymore, but the mm. to be honest, I think it's like a psychological thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's called availability bias, and mm-hmm. there's probably another one in there too, um, this little phenomenon where, yeah, you hear about people getting their arm bit off or whatever, yep. and you hear about it, or you see like a oh, yeah. video or whatever. Yeah. Bro, that's you're thinking about that kind of stuff. No matter how unlikely it is, you, yeah. you're thinking about that kind of yeah. stuff. You know? I, I, I was I was at my house one time and I was I was with Stoner, and out way out in front of my house, there's um well there's the ocean and then there's kelp beds, and for whatever reason, I was like, hey, let, let's swim out to kelp beds, you know, because there's cool sea life and stuff out there. And he kind of got a funny look on his face. <laughs> what, like he wasn't down? Like he wasn't down. And like Stoner's pretty much down for anything yeah. all the time. Like, mm-hmm. hey, whatever. Like literally. Mm-hmm. It was, I think that's why I remember it. Because it's the first time that I saw that he wasn't like just on board. Like, let me get my fins. You know, that's right. kind of the normal thing. You know, hey, let's go freaking what, just whatever idea I'd come up with. And yeah. he'd be just down, ready. And so I go, hey, man, let's, let's swim out to the kelp beds. 
And he kind of got a look on his face. And I was, I go, like, what? And he he says, man, there's freaking sharks out there. And we surf out (laughs) in front of my house all the time. Did you have your surfboards or just swim out? I was just saying, let's swim to the, because there was no waves. So I was like, let's just swim out the kelp beds. Because it's a good workout and whatever. Yeah, it's kind of cool. And got out, and and he, we ended up not going. No shit. But he, but he, I, I, he, he thought about sharks. I never think about sharks. Yeah. Never think about sharks. Now, okay, so that's what I do. Maybe I'm dumb, whatever, but I'm in the ocean all the time. And if, and I also feel like if a shark's going to get me, dude, those things are coming from like nowhere at 30 miles an hour and they're gonna just take you and that's that. Yeah. So I also think that they probably won't even mess with me just out of just- Disrespect. Just respect. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally gonna get eaten by a shark yeah, I now. Know, No, I just don't worry about them. I don't worry yeah. about them and that's that. Um, now in the wilderness, it's different because in the wilderness, these things, there's, there's you're more, way more susceptible. Mm. And what, you know, so the question is like, what precautions do you take? Well, it depends on where you are. It depends on the threat. And so, that, so that the thing is here, it's about knowledge. Knowledge and understanding what you're getting into, different types of animals in different areas, that what the threats are, uh, understanding the animals that you're gonna be facing or could be facing and, you know, like bears. You know, if you're gonna be facing bears and you got black bears versus grizzly bears and you might think all black bears are black, but they're not. They're brown <laughs> and they're bland, blonde and they're, and, and same thing with, same thing with grizzly bears and they're and you might think it's a size thing and it's not there's there's giant freaking black bears that are chill and there's smaller grizzly bears that'll attack you and so you got to you you've got to know what you're dealing with and you got to do research and you've got to understand then what the protocols are for whatever it is that you're dealing with and not you know it's like you got bears you got mountain lions you got wolves you got snakes all kinds of just all kinds of mayhem and so you got to learn what you're supposed to do, and then you got to do it. And it's just different for what different areas that you're in, and what the situation is. It winter? Is it summer? Is it is it mating season? There's all kinds of things you need to know. Yeah. I mean, if what are you going to do? I'm going to tell you, like basically, have a weapon with you if you're going into a high threat area. You need to have a weapon. Generally counterintuitive but you make noise mm. so you don't startle animals because animals that get startled are much more likely to attack mm. so you make noise and and that's what you do mm. so arm yourself but before you even arm yourself arm your arm yourself with a weapon arm yourself with knowledge yeah huh. so wait so when you say a weapon like it just generally speaking obviously it's going to depend or whatever but like when you say weapon right now you think you can bring a gun yeah that's what you're saying yeah. yeah if you're going into a high threat area for sure yeah yeah interesting yeah the shark thing i i if we're swimming snorkeling whatever diving um i'm way less thinking about sharks because for i don't then even what? know then if i'm Boogie bodyboarding oh, okay. or whatever, sponging, sponging, yes, sir. Well, because all the stories I ever heard was yeah, like, they think "Oh, you're a seal. You're a seal. Yeah. It looks like a seal and all that." So yeah, and kind of when you go deep into it, when you're on the surface of the water, you're like, "Oh, what's down there?" When yeah. you're in the water, you can kind of see around, sure. you know. And For it's sure. like, okay, but yeah, man, the shark thing. It's a, it, it can jam you up if you go down a little rabbit yeah, hole. Yeah, there's you know? there's shark attacks. I mean, there was a shark attack up in up in Solana Beach. You know, guys yeah. were out swimming and a guy got killed. Straight and you know, up. that's only what, a couple miles from here. Yeah. There are 100%, there's sharks out there. Yeah. There's sharks where I surf, 100%. Yeah. This is the Pacific Ocean. There are freaking sharks all over out there. Mm. They're, that's what they do, they're freaking sharks. That's where they live. <laughs> they live out there, <laughs> they're there. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, it's a real thing. Yeah, the wilderness thing I have done, uh, I always, kind of think about that too because in you know in hawaii you don't i mean even if you go in the wilderness there's no mountain lions that are gonna get i mean then again, remember a little while ago when that guy like killed a uh they they were advertising like he killed a mountain lion yeah or something. with a guillotine choke or something yeah. like that that one and yeah. then they showed pictures of it and the thing was like a cat oh yeah okay <laughs> well i, I, mean, I did i don't want to laugh at it props <laughs> to the homeboy that choked out that killed that thing but it wasn't it wasn't like a it wasn't like a big, you know, oh, yeah. two hundred and forty pound big cat. It, the thing probably weighed, I don't know, 
60 pounds. Yeah. Maybe eh, something like that. It's not bad. Maybe, maybe even a little bit bigger off. So I'll have yeah. to review it. Well, that's not too bad then. I thought it was a kind of like straight no, up house like cat. It wasn't like a 14 pound house cat. <laughs> well, that's what no, I think. No, props. I gave, you know, I shouldn't talk smack. Props to, props to the dude. He got attacked. He got attacked. I think he got attacked by it, you know? Oh, yeah. And, and look, dude, getting attacked by a, fr- even getting, you ever been attacked by like a house cat that came at you? <laughs> Yeah, I have actually. Like they're psycho. Oh yeah. Right. So <laughs> now you add thirty or forty pounds to that. I, hey, good. I'm I'm retracting my last statement. Props. Oh yeah, because even those house, house cats, you get a good size one or whatever that don't get like groomed or whatever. Like probably their their nails or whatever claws. <laughs> <Bruh>. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah. There's some. You know, they have. Dude, they do those, have, that is the psych. That's like Wolverine. Yeah. Cats are basically like Wolverine. They have retractable claws that oh, come yeah. out and. So, yeah, yeah, so imagine like, and actually, yeah, now that I'm thinking of it, it's like, because it's not like they're slow. No, you no. Know, they are with a, the weird thing, too, is they're so flexible. Cats yeah. and dogs. You ever try to wrestle with a dog? Like, they're so flexible. They can move. Their spine is flexible. They can just uh, move more than a human. It's hard to wrestle with a dog. It's hard for me. Like, my dog, my dog only weighs 120 pounds, but, but, it, but it's hard to pin him. Yeah. Because uh, yeah. he's so freaking squirrely. Yeah. You know, and he's not even using his teeth on me. Right. If he was, it'd be a different scenario. I do, obviously, I don't know this. You got to go rear naked choke on the on the dog. You can't That's what I Like, fi- you can't wrestle. You need a jiu-jitsu. Right. That's what I kind of <laughs> figured. I feel like dogs, and I could be wrong, obviously. I'm not saying, I'm not making this claim, but it just feels like a dog is way less dangerous than a cat if they have, like, the same size. So, like, let's say there was a cat, whether it be a mountain lion, whatever, mm-hmm. kind of cat, yeah. large if cat. A 120-pound cat. Yes. Or a 120-pound dog. I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna agree with you, right? Because the cat can bite. They their teeth sometimes are sharper, and they have yeah. those. The claw thing. Claws. The claw thing is psycho. Let's face it. Oh. The claw thing is psycho. Yeah, because even a house cat, like a, a full grown house cat, oh, yeah. and he gets nuts. Yeah. <laughs> like dang, you're yeah. like, bruh. If your claws were, I like don't even like bigger. cats because they have those claws. Yeah, freak those claws, man. Yeah, cats, right. they can be crazy. But, the but yeah, when you walk through the wilderness uh, on Kauai, you tend to get way less of that kind of stuff. It's mm-hmm. more, Yeah, you get wild pigs mm-hmm. and, like, this kind of stuff. So my point being, I, I don't have that much experience walking through the wilderness mm-hmm. and being concerned about being attacked by a bear or something. Mm-hmm. In fact, I have none. <laughs> so when I walk, like, behind our house, there's, like, wilderness kind of, kind of. So, yes, I'll bring, like, a big knife more out of recreation than anything because there's probably no bears or nothing like that. But I do think about it. <laughs> I think about, like, snakes because, you know, there's no deadly snakes on Kauai or in Hawaii either. So Really? Yeah. So there's, like, it, it, put it this way. Where I come from, it's not that dangerous in regards to wild animal attacks. Out here, you get a rattler in your in your backyard oh, 100%. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Exactly right. We were on patrol. I was, on, I was with a, a platoon going through we were out in the desert and they, I was like offset. So they're patrolling and I was just observing. I was uh, watching what they were doing. And all of a sudden they like stopped and I can, I'm, I have one of their radios so I can hear what they're saying. And they're like, we got it back. He's got the point man's like, we got it back up. We got it back up. He's going on the radio and it's like, oh, like, no, we need to keep going. This is on point. And they, so they get, have like a little discussion on the radio and I'm hearing it. Mm-hmm. And finally, you know, the, the officer or something is like, no, you need to stay on this bearing. And this guy's like, there's a freaking snake pit up here with about 15 rattlesnakes oh, in it. Oh, damn. Yeah, that's 15. pretty crazy. So they, that's a legitimate, like, threat, Actual. Right? <laughs> no, I mean, one. for given what you're doing. Yeah, one rattlesnake is a threat. Yeah, so they're not going to be like, oh, wait, you're scared of that little snake. No, they're no, they're everyone, more like, oh, I dig like, it. Everyone's like, cool, we're moving. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, okay, good. See, and that's that, and that's kind of part of my point where I don't know, you know, like, yeah, I'm scared of freaking... I don't think I've ever even seen a rattlesnake in in real life, like in the wild. I've seen one like in a cage or whatever. But so I don't even know, like, what's the protocol? Is that a thing? Get like, away from do, it. Yeah, I just figure avoid it for sure. But like, if it's like like on the movies and on TV, that's super scary. But in real life, is that like, nah, I don't no, really have that's to. That's what they do. Yeah. Yeah. And you best get away from it. Yes, sir. Okay. <laughs> Good. I will. I will do it. Knowledge is power. What do we got next? Knowledge is power. Um, how do you adapt jujitsu when outnumbered and in something more serious than a playground or bar fight? Is this the time for something like the dirty judo or Sykes 
Fairburn mm-hmm. method my father uh, was taught in World War II? Or is there a way to adapt jujitsu that is better? Yeah. Um, so outnumbered, what are you going to do? Well, first of all, we avoid getting in fights where we're outnumbered. And you avoid it at all freaking costs because the chances of you winning a fight while you're outnumbered is very small. Now, availability bias will tell you if you watch YouTube of boxer knocks out three people or whatever. Yep, you can think you're going to pull that off. You're not. You, you are not. You, can, you have a 1% chance of doing that, hmm. even if you're freaking skilled. You know, can you come up against three guys or four guys that are drunk or stupid or untrained? Yes, you can. Um, actually, I saw I saw a meme. Sure, meme. Yeah. I saw a meme, and it said, "How I think I'm going to win a, a street fight," and it was like a pie chart. Yeah. And there was a little tiny sliver yeah. that was like three percent of the pie, and it said, "You know, I train." on a regular basis mm. and the other giant part of the pie was something <laughs> something along the lines of quote you don't know me bro when i see red i get wild and i'm going to get nuts and and no one's going to be able to hold me back or something like that which is which is the, still the truth even even in the today's world of mma and all that stuff yeah because you got to remember now everybody knows a little bit of mma so it's not like now if you're a guy that watches ufc and you think you know a little bit from watching UFC and you're gonna get nuts and that's how you're gonna win. Well, everyone else knows a little bit of UFC too, everybody. Mm. Mm. So that get nuts thing, first of all, it was never real, (laughs) but now just because you're gonna get nuts and you have a little bit of UFC watching on TV, like it's not gonna work out. So, okay, Mm. so so we are gonna avoid getting in strikes with a bunch of people, or getting in fights with a bunch of people. If we can't avoid it, yes, jujitsu is not your first option. Like, hey, I'm gonna grab this guy and and start to grapple with this guy while three other guys are hitting me in the head with beer bottles or or with, you know, because he's talking about something more serious than a playground or a bar fight. Mm. Um, whatever they're gonna hit you with or stab you, right? You're gonna you're gonna not want to engage. You wanna wanna hit people and get away. You still wanna get away. Your goal is still to get away. Mm-hmm. And then the next thing he is it something like for a time for dirty judo or or the Sykes Fairburn, which is this is stuff that they taught in World War II. The commandos taught it, um, and it's just basically big gross motor movements to disable your opponent as quickly as possible. Mm. And theoretically, it's it's like okay, that's a good theoretical thing to think about. Yeah. Realistically, it's not as it's 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 a good theory that's going to work sometimes, and it's also not going to work a bunch of the time. So, you know, um, for instance, a groin strike, a groin strike. That's something will come. You know, you a knee to the groin or a shin kick to the groin. Mm-hmm. That's great. Can it be, you know, a shock if you're in a fight with somebody and and you nail them? Sure, but guess what? It's not going to end the fight. Yeah. It's re- it's actually not going to end. The very, well, let me rephrase that. There's a one percent chance that it ends the fight. What if you go for an eye gouge? Because that's like super hostile, right? Mm. It seems like oh well, once I gouge their eyes, I win the fight. It's not true. I've had people try to gouge my eyes before, mm. and it is not an effective method for stopping someone. Mm. I did not stop. So. Even though those things sound like, well, I'll just do this, or I'll remember we uh, had a guy at, at Victory got into a street fight, and the dude got crazy and bit his ear off, yeah. or bit a big chunk out of his ear, yeah. and even though the guy, our fighter, lost part of his ear, he still won the fight and could yeah. have killed the other person had he wanted to. So even biting off someone's ear, which you think is going to be this big shocking thing, it's yeah. not. Yeah. It doesn't stop. Small joint manipulation. This is an interesting one. If I break your fingers, like if we are in a, if you and I are in a, if you and I are training, and I grab one of your fingers and break it, you're gonna be like, bro, or we're gonna stop, right? Because yeah. I just broke your finger. Yeah. If I'm trying to kill you and I break your finger, you don't give a shit. Yeah. You're gonna keep coming. If I fish hook you, right? If I fish hook you, and we're training, well, you're gonna move your head and you're gonna kind of comply with my fish hook. If we're fighting to the death, you're gonna bite my finger off. Yeah. 
Um, he, here's another one. If you decide you're going to grab my uh, hair, which I don't have any for obvious reasons, if someone grabs your hair, like that's, that's a legit thing where they get control over you. Mm-hmm. So you gotta be careful that when we don't really grab hair a lot in training. So would you grab hair in a fight? Yeah, that's a really good takedown too. Like if, you, if you've ever grabbed someone by the hair and shocked their balance, you can really take someone down quite easily just by grabbing their hair. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless they're a good wrestler and then all of a sudden you're kind of still, you're almost like in a judo fight, mm-hmm. right? You just happen to use their hair as a gi. Um, so, so the idea that, hey, it, it, here's what it boils down to. If you and I are gonna fight, and now we're fighting to the death, and you've trained jujitsu, and I've not, you are gonna destroy me. And I might scratch your eyes, I might, I might scratch near one of your eyes for a half a second before you arm lock me, or before you choke me, or before you get the mountain and punch me in the head 17 times, or elbow me in the face. You might be able to get a little bit of damage on me, but you're, your attempt to kick me in the groin, your attempt to throat punch me, all those things are gonna fall short and I'm gonna take, or sorry, this is when you train jiu-jitsu and I don't. If I try and throat punch you, or I try and poke your eyes, or I try and kick you in the groin, all those things, there's a .001 chance that I nail the perfect groin shot or I actually stick one of my fingers in your, I'm not gonna get both my fingers in your eyes. I might get one in, and guess what? You can still see out of the other one. And you're going to freaking, now you're going to do a double leg. You're going to take me down. You're going to kill me. So what's the deal here? Train jujitsu, train boxing, train Muay Thai, train wrestling. And then if you want to start looking at some of the old school, hey, where are some vulnerable areas? That's fine. You know what they are already. You, do you occasionally incorporate some of them. Sure. You want to, if you're training a female in some level of self-defense, should they be thinking about how they could do some of these strikes? Sure, but if you think that a female is gonna give a guy a kick to the groin followed by an, uh, what do they call that, like a palm strike to the face and that's gonna stop a 220 pound guy, it is not going to. Mm. It is not going to. There's a much better chance that she's able to um, sort of pretend to be weak and allow the dude to get into a certain position before she springs a freaking triangle choke or a, or a, you know escapes to the back and gets a rear naked or something like that. Mm-hmm. Way w- infinitely better chance if you think that you're gonna if you think you're gonna incapacitate somebody with one strike and that's what you're counting on, you're wrong. Can it happen? Yes. Mm-hmm. Is it going to happen? Not likely. Train jujitsu, train muay thai, train boxing, train wrestling. If you want to take a look at some old school. Uh, hyper aggressive gross motor skills to incapacitate people sure look at them but you cannot rely on it you know what you can rely on if you're hyper aggressive with one of those and someone's not expecting it sure it'll work you know like someone comes up and gets in your face and you've just freaking you know you strike first fast and hard Mm -hmm. you can get the upper hand you can definitely get the upper hand if they're ready to fight then none of that shit works yeah yeah, if they're ready to fight, it's a big one. Yeah, I think sometimes jujitsu jujitsu gets like almost like this unfair thing where it's almost like a straw man argument. Where and they'll do funny videos about it where it's like, oh yeah, jujitsu in a street fight. Then the guy will be like, hey, you want to go? You want to go? And the guy will like pull guard or something like that. Yeah. And yeah, that's not you don't. That's not how you employ jujitsu no. in a in a real life scenario. No, jujitsu. This is what I wrote about in Discipline Equals Freedom Field Manual. You learn to grapple because if you, if you Echo Charles, we're in the street and you want to fight me and you square up to me, I'm going to run away. If you try and kick me, you don't have control of me, I'm going to run away. If you try and punch me, you don't have control of me, I'm going to run away. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you square off and push me, cool. You just push me away, I'm running away. Yeah. So if I'm going to get, I'm not going to get you, to, I don't need to fight. I can get away from you. And I don't want to fight because I don't know where your friends are. I don't know if you have a blade in your back pocket. I don't know if you have a pistol with you. I don't want to get arrested. I don't want to get sued. All these things. So my goal is to not fight. So if you try and push me, kick me, strike me, I'm going to get away from you. The minute you grab me, I don't have that option anymore. 
I need to earn that option. Mm-hmm. I need to grapple. I need to counter your grappling to get away from you. Hopefully, I can do it while you're while we're standing. Hopefully, my wrestling and my standing jujitsu and my judo is enough for me to break whatever grip you have and get away from you. That's what my goal is. And then I get away from you. Mm-hmm. If I can't do that and you get control of me, now I need to work even harder. Now you get me to the ground. What good are my strikes on the ground? They're not any good at all. I need to know jujitsu. I need to know how to get up and get away from you. That's what jujitsu is for in the street. So train as much as you can, keep an open mind, and avoid getting in situations like this because if you're outnumbered, the Again, the 99.9% chances you're about to get beat down. Yeah, outnumbered. Best thing is to leave for sure. Yeah. And I think that's all we got time for for today. So we don't make a 14-hour podcast talking about self-defense scenarios, yeah. which we could do. I know some people would like it. Maybe we will. That's one of the things that we uh, need to make some time for. Mm-hmm. An entire series. Yeah. But anyways, um thanks for joining us. Thanks for supporting the cause. We really we really do appreciate it. You know why we set this up. We set this up. Look, we just did a, a question today about canceling and witch hunting and we're we're not we're not trying to trying to make something like that happen to us, but we want to be ready for it. We also talked about being prepared today. Echo Charles now has a generator. <laughs> He's prepared now. So that's what this is. You all are helping us be prepared in case anything like that happens. We appreciate it. Uh, If you want to do other things to support the cause, you can get supplements from JockoFuel.com. You can get jujitsu gear. You can get your gi, your jeans, your boots, whatever clothing you need from OriginUSA.com. You can also represent while you're on the path, even though you might be lonely. Maybe you'll feel a little less lonely if you represent JockoStore.com. I've written a bunch of books on the subject of leadership and discipline, and I've written a bunch of kids' books too. Get them started early. I also have a leadership consulting company. If you're interested, you can go to echelonfront.com. And on the interwebs, Echo is at Echo Charles. I am at Jocko Willink. And thank you for joining us in the deep, dark, scary, cavernous world of the underground. And until next time, this is Echo and Jocko 